0: This is Bellator Colloquium, a podcast of the Bellator Society. Bellator in Latin means warrior, and a colloquium is a conversation. We at the Bellator Society are online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful, and this podcast is our conversation about all those things and so much more. Meet us here weekly at Bellator Colloquium and at bellatorsociety.com for content that will hopefully lift you, inspire you, comfort you, and make you feel a part of our Bellator Society.
1: Good morning, Bellator Society. This is Tracy. And you have in Nashville, Tennessee. And we just wrapped up our Bellator live stream. And we are going to finish our conversation over here on the podcast. Yeah, because we got booted by the internet. By the interwebs. <laughs> um, apparently, as as we talked about on the live stream, Nashville had an awful tornado mm-hmm. and a lot of just destruction by way of, you know, loss of life, loss of buildings. But it seems like the internet in the Nashville area and phone lines and everything lines. are just yeah. Yeah. completely um, down and, you know, destroyed to some degree. So it's not, we're not shocked that, that our our live... <laughs> didn't last too long because what some of y'all may not know is I'm in Arizona friends in Nashville, but our producer is also in Nashville. Right. So the bulk of our like technology is in Nashville. Comes out in Nashville. <laughs> so, yeah. so we're, we're going to finish this conversation on the podcast today. And you know, these
0: are good problems to have because the other problems that other people are dealing with are like their houses are destroyed yeah. and they lost loved ones and they don't have any food. Their school is destroyed. Um, you know, these are, th- th- we know that these are not just first world problems. These are, you know, um, very, very minor uh, problems compared to what other people are suffering with today. And so, just following up um, about the Nashville stuff, uh, our prayers are with you. And we're still talking about coronavirus because that's when our live stream dropped. I actually <laughs> got my husband, who is an ER doctor, to come. <laughs> talk to us he was in the other room reading and I was like come on come talk and so he was totally game and he came to talk to us a little bit about um about coronavirus and I don't even know how far we got in the conversation because we were talking 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 and then finally got our producer's message you're not on anymore I don't know what happened the internet's down um so I don't know how much you guys heard about his, um, his, you know, what he was telling us about the coronavirus, but basically as per usage, he <laughs> told us, <laughs> don't, you know, be, be, you know, be temperate, be prudent, um, you know, don't overreact. Uh, it's not that it's not a big deal because people die of cold, people die of the flu. Of course, people are dying of coronavirus, but in his mind, you know, if, if we're taking proper precautions, we shouldn't have, you know, the, the widespread, um, panic that I think we're, we're seeing, um, a lot of different, uh, places, uh, in the world and, um, you know, just on the, uh, on the internet.
1: (laughs) Well, I think Fran, in my opinion, in in a lot of different places of the world, there's panic because there's a lot of people who are really, really sick. And Mm -hmm. I think the beautiful thing about living in the United States of America is that we are a little bit isolated, Mm -hmm. even though we're a global economy and people come from all over the world, it it's happened in kind of Europe and Asia first, and mm-hmm. so we've been able to prep a little bit more. Um, but I, I just want to say, like, our kids' schools have closed. They, you know, the Louvre is closed. Like yeah. Disney, world, Disney, all every park in the world except for the ones in America are shut down because yeah. it is, you know, it's such a contagious disease. And I think we don't know what we don't know.
0: And, the healing waters of Lourdes are closed,
1: which is. <laughs> Which is ironic all in and of itself. When I read that, I was like, really? (laughs) Really? Okay. (laughs) No. But people, you know, so many Italians have gotten the coronavirus. Obviously, Asia is a whole other story. It's It's kind of devastated. But Mm -hmm. in other parts of the world, and um, we were talking in a little text conversation that Pope Francis... Yeah. Does not have coronavirus, although he does. That's been confirmed. Does not have coronavirus. Yes. For all those who are worried about the Pope, he does not have the coronavirus. But I think it is natural that people's fears play such a heavy role because nobody wants to die just yet, right? No, that's right. That's right. Actually,
0: that reminded me of uh, Haley Stewart uh, from uh, Fountains of Carrot social club on I can never remember like the right order of the words but I love Haley Stewart and she had a really funny tweet this week where uh, she said you know what reduces pandemic anxiety contemplating your death every day and going to confession memento mori people you know what I mean like yeah that, I mean in the end that's what everybody's really suffering with is just you know our mortality and the fragility of life you know yeah. and, and everybody and I hope this I hope this part of it was um, recorded on our live stream because because i think um you know matt made a good point that nobody wants to be the person who didn't do anything or right. or take proper precautions if they can even be had you know yeah. um we want to feel like we're doing something uh just so that you know when when the inevitable happens at least we at least we tried you know exactly
1: well and what's the qu- I've, i you know i love quotes but i always forget who says <laughs> them but it is pray like everything depends on god but work mm-hmm. like everything depends on you mm-hmm. and so we have to cooperate like our days are numbered. God knows our, God knows when he's calling us home, but Mm -hmm. we still want to cooperate with God's plan. And we've been given, um, an intellect and a mind, and Mm -hmm. we've been given, you know, common sense. And so if common sense means don't lick doorknobs, don't don't lick doorknobs.
0: Actually just don't (laughs) lick doorknobs people. Just (laughs) Stop licking doorknobs. (laughs) Super weird. But we are so making anyways. like dioceses all over the country are making um, you know, precautions, um, statements. I know the the Diocese of Little Rock came out with a statement from Bishop Taylor um, that basically said, uh, no longer should you receive uh the blessed sacrament on the tongue. You should have you should receive in your hand. Uh the precious blood will no longer be offered at all masses. Um, temporarily, you know, this yeah. is a temporary secession. Um No hand-holding during the Our Father people, just and, and just stop handholding during the Our Father, anyway. It causes <laughs> family to- fights. There's always squeezing. He held my hand too hard. He wiped his nose. Just if don't. the
1: coronavirus is anything positive, maybe it will stop handholding in
0: church. <laughs> I'm
1: and just then, saying.
0: And then no, and then no sign of peace as well. You know, um, d- don't you know? Kiss people, shake their hands. But another couple things that I was wondering about is what about holy water? I mean, if the holy waters of Lourdes are shut down for fear of coronavirus, I mean, are we going to be emptying the holy water fonts where everyone's like automatically putting their hand just, you know, when they walk into a sanctuary? You know, I, that's the first thing I look for other other than Jesus's porch light. I always look for the for the, <laughs> the, the candle, <laughs> the blessed sacrament, uh, the oh. altar. But I mean, or what about um, passing the the offering baskets?
1: You realize when you stop, when you try and think about all the different ways that we can minimize
0: exposure,
1: how, how many risks there are out there. Yeah. You know, everything you do, everything you touch, everything like, so it is almost impossible to completely, um, other than just staying at home and not going out for, out of your house for like a year, I guess. Which sounds <laughs> kind of nice. That's not, that's, for, in, for introverts, that's nice. <laughs> for extroverts, it's torture.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's another funny thing for me about it is that I feel like the the uh, the new prescriptions that are, you know, being, being uh, sent out from the diocese about what not to do at church, they're making everybody mad. Like, no one's actually happy because, you know, the people who are super traditionalists who prefer to receive uh, the Blessed Sacrament on the tongue, raising my hand I'm one of them, like I actually always receive on the tongue, are being told, you can't do this anymore. Out of obedience, out of prudence, please receive in the hand. And so, you know, we're like, oh, man, that doesn't sound good. And then the other... I would say that maybe, I don't know if it's the other end of the spectrum, but like people who are, you know, super into post-Vatican II (laughs) hand-holding. I know! Are like, (gasps) so like no one's happy. No one's happy with what they have to do.
1: (laughs) It's an equal opportunity uh, virus. Exactly. Everybody's got to give a little bit here (laughs) to protect the body of Christ. (laughs) And then maybe,
0: maybe the happy end there is that we start figuring out, figuring out what really is essential liturgically. And we start to understand that, you know, when you receive Jesus in, in um, the Eucharist, you are receiving him entirely body, blood, soul, and divinity. You don't actually have to receive from the chalice and receive, um, you know, his body in the Eucharist. You can receive one species and receive all of the intended body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. So, um, you know, it's a good catechetical moment too as well, but um, let's move. Let, actually, no. Before Before we move on, I'm going to say one more thing. I, I do this to myself all the time because I do like to know what people are saying in the world who I might not necessarily align with all the time. One of these people is Dr. Taylor Marshall. Again, he. I have a couple of his books on my shelf. They're fantastic, um, but but he is very uh, polemic sometimes, and and that's that that's just against my sensibility because I'm like, come, I want everybody, everybody. to feel apart. I want. Ev- I don't want right. to make any like unnecessarily. And, and again, this is a judgment call. Like, what is necessary? What is not necessary? But he had a bishop on, a Bishop Schneider, I believe, um, who was talking yesterday on his Instagram um, about uh, the about how how ridiculous it was that some diocese were uh, disallowing people from receiving communion on the tongue. And the bishop, this bishop actually said that he thought that uh, telling people not to receive on the tongue was a lack of faith. And he said, and there are studies that prove it's more dangerous to to receive on the hand than on the tongue. And I was like... What studies are those? Are there really studies? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm actually really curious. So if anyone's listening and you know of these studies, I would like to know if there are real studies that say that it is more hygienic to receive on the tongue than on the hand because their their conversation progressed to I the, the priest has never touched my tongue, Tracy. I can I, I don't know what the percentage is. My tongue has been touched. <laughs> <laughs> has and maybe Your I'm doing it wrong it. maybe the priest is not quite ready I don't know but like my tongue has been touched so it's hard for me to really believe that the the studies are so like conclusive to prove that the hand versus the tongue you know is, is or the tongue versus the hand is the more um,
1: hygienic but you know because you don't want to toss Jesus onto the tongue I mean like no. you have it has to be set down which means yeah. there has to be contact
0: and you have to stick out your tongue really far, further than you think reasonable or attractive.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's almost like you have to imagine yourself as the child and and Holy Mother Church is the mama saying open wide really wide (laughs) so that that Papa can put on your tongue like open wide and that's what I kind of think of I mean you know in in receiving the Eucharist on my tongue because it is I mean there's logistics y'all there are serious logistics
1: to this okay so send us your studies that's what what we're Fran's a researcher and she likes if she hears something that she thinks maybe if there's a study I want to read it she does (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's true. Okay, so we're going to move into our Catholic click. Yes. So this podcast yes. is going to be all about some Catholic clicking. We've yes, got please. some fun uh, things to talk about because there's always really cool things in the news. There's yeah. always cool things going on. We are a global church, and there's things all over the world going on. And so every once in a while, we feel like we just need to hit some hot topics. And sometimes these aren't going to be like a few things I've got on my heart to talk about are not necessarily like current events, but they're fun stuff. Bear with us. What's your, fir- what's your first fun stuff, Trey? My first fun, fun thing is Tim Tebow's <laughs> prom. For Roll those Tide. Of you who, for those of you who maybe live under a rock, Tim Tebow for many years has been doing these high school proms. Um, He's such a good guy. He is really a good People guy. People make he
0: fun is- of him so
1: much, and he is such a good guy. I mean, why would you make fun of Tim Tebow? He has a heart of gold, and he does these proms um, for special needs Mm -hmm. children. And he rolls out the red carpet. His foundation does just beautiful, beautiful work. And and, and it's getting bigger every single year. Well, this year, I forget. I think he was in 34 countries, all 50 states, which is a lot. 215,000 volunteers to pull this off. It's an annual event. And this year, he took it to Rome. Rome. And (laughs) and the Vatican helped sponsor one of his proms, and it was apparently just beautiful. It's called A Night to Shine. And so this year, the Vatican helped support um, the one in Rome. He got to meet with Pope Francis, um, but I thought that was really cool. And it's just a beautiful way of how... Catholics and other faith communities can work together to make people's lives better, to, 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 you know, give dignity Mm -hmm. to people who may not feel dignified all the time Mm -hmm. or who may be considered, um, Mm -hmm. you know, second class for whatever reason. And his, so anyway, so I thought, Hats off, hat t- hat tip to Tim Tebow. That was my first one.
0: I love that one, and it actually it it, it flows really well into one of the ones that I have. Um, my sister and I did a, a podcast uh, for Redbird Ministries yesterday on um, sibling grief because you know we we lost a brother um, almost three years ago, or just over three years ago, uh, to brain cancer, and so we were just chit chatting together uh, with Kelly Bro, who's been on our podcast. Um, we've been yes. we were just talking about. Um, just all of the different things that you deal with when you're suffering the death of a sibling, which is different than the death of a child or a parent. Like there's just a, it's a different beast. And um, one of the things that we talked about, and this is going to be the tie in with the Tim Tebow thing is um, Bree and I were reflecting on like the, the, the glorious, joyful time it was in those last days of his life and being able to celebrate and, and help him accomplish the little victories and the little, like, everyday things that that he could do. And I think a little bit that's what Tim Tebow is doing with the prom thing is, you know, the, these people are able to go to dances. These are, yes. you know, fu- fully um, alive human beings who can do so many things, maybe with our help, maybe with a little extra support. Um, but it does you know, just give them so much. Um, you see the joy in, in enabling them and helping them be able to realize their full potential as as human beings. And again, just um, appreciating the dignity of life in all of its station, stations, stations, um, stages and conditions. Um, so anyway, I love I, that. We talked about a lot of things. Um, I think that Kelly uh, is putting up the podcast this week, so if you want to go listen to Bree and I uh, talk about sibling grief, uh, that's another good Catholic click.
1: I was, that was my next question was, do you know when it's going to air? I think it's this week.
0: She okay. shared it on my Facebook page, but you know what? I'll share it on the Bellator Facebook page. Yeah. I don't know how she releases, but because she did put it on my Facebook page, I think that I have the ability to share it with uh, Bellator Society. So I'll just put it on the Bellator <laughs> Facebook page if anybody wants to listen to it and share it with people who maybe you know who have um, lost a sibling. Because um, you know, it's a it's a it's a special it's a special little club we have.
1: Yes, yes, I I'm looking forward to. To hearing that because I know that you and Bree, I can imagine I've never heard y'all have a conversation actually about it. So this yeah. is going to be, I bet it's special a special conversation that um, that y'all had. So yay! What else? Okay, what else is my, on our Catholic Click list? Did you know a 15 year old is about to become a saint?
0: Is he the computer science kid? Yes. Yes.
1: Okay, What's his, his name? name? Is Antonia. You know, I can butcher the English language. (laughs) I believe he's Italian, so I can, I'm going to really destroy (laughs) him. Um, but he was a computer. He was like a techie. Yeah. He died in 2006 at the age of 15, Mm -hmm. but he, his mom said he was just devoted to to God. He went to daily mass. He just Mm -hmm. had a very sincere and deep, um, relationship with the Eucharist and adoration of the Eucharist. And so he kind of spent his life when he was young, documenting and kind of categorizing all the different Eucharistic miracles, which there are a ton of. And my kids, every once in a while, you know, you can, you can see when your kid is maybe questioning the faith or the different aspects of the faith. And they'll say, tell me a miracle. Tell me a miracle about, about the Eucharist. Not that that should guide our faith, but sometimes it is nice to like hear these because they're so supernatural. Um, and so we'll, we'll talk about a different, maybe Eucharistic miracle. So, he this is what he did. And he, he passed away in 2006. And his mom said she's actually not surprised at all that he um, is going to be beatified. And she said when she was. When I she think was every out,
0: mother feels that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not surprised my child is a saint.
1: <laughs> She even said, oh, I'm not near as good as as Carlo, you know, he, um, he was much better of a person than I am, but she, he, um, she prayed to him for his intercession. And when she was 44 years old, she conceived fraternal Trent, fraternal twins, which she attributes to his intercession. And I guess they're nine years old now and they have a very deep, you know, devotion to the Eucharist and to the church and everything. So, um, what a beautiful family. And I love that. You know, we we do have saints of, from little mm-hmm. little kids to to the elderly. Mm-hmm. We have married couples, but I feel like we always think of saints as like a nun who did heroic work yeah. or um, you know, a martyr who gave mm-hmm. their life for the church. So it's nice to see kind of a modern day teenager yeah. who loved computer science and and technology mm-hmm. and how he used that passion to to glorify God mm-hmm. and to, to kind of build up the, the church. And
0: isn't that what we, that's the sainthood we are all called to. Yeah. I mean, every single one of us are called to use our gifts, use our interests, th- those that are particular to us for the kingdom and in yeah. service of Jesus and um, each other. Um, and he did such a beautiful job of that uh, in categorizing the Eucharistic miracles. I can't, I, did, I wonder if he has like a database or something that we can look at because again, you know I need to study that.
1: I know, I know. And it would be a lot <laughs> easier to know. Yeah. Hold on, go go and be like, okay, this one, this is what we're going to talk about at dinner. No, and the there are some us. freaky Eucharistic miracles. Like these are, I mean,
0: again, miraculous things that people in the in the scientific community in the secular world are obviously questioning and testing and not being able to come up with any answers. But this this isn't really explicable. Yes. Many of them are not saying it's definitely a miracle, but they're
1: being like, I don't I don't know how to explain this. You know, yeah. in my context. And we talked about miracles in yeah. the church are usually they spend more time trying to disprove disprove a it, yeah, totally. Than prove it. And yeah. so it can't be disproven. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? Dispro- yeah, it can't it. be disproven. Yeah, that's a word. Yeah. That's good.
0: Okay, so my next one is, um, uh, I guess this is a Catholic click because I tried to buy it online yesterday or day before yesterday, and it was out of stock. So my click did not work. Although I did, I did order it, and it's on back order. But Trent Horn, who is a um, apologist from uh, Catholic Answers, Trent Horn might actually be my favorite apologist that exists today um, oh. in the Catholic world. Like he does such a good job of being um, rational, reasoned. Even even keeled about his um, defense of the faith, Um, and I I, you know I, I just I really like his approach, and I think he's a genius. Like I don't know how much I don't know how he can keep all the stuff that he knows in his head. I've I've seen him do like online interviews, like on YouTube. He has no notes in front of him. That's he crazy. just like, just spits out dates and facts and all of this stuff. And it's, it's always just from his brain. So I'm, I'm just so impressed with him in general, but he just came out with a new book that he's actually been p- pushing for a while, um, to, to kind of, um, c- come out at the same time as our election cycle. Um, and it's called, can a Catholic be a socialist?
1: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I need to read this and it's out you said you try to buy it and yeah, it's sold it's, out
0: it's, it's been released you know you might be able to buy it through his publisher now that I'm thinking of it but I went to Amazon because that's just my easy peasy go yeah. and I ordered it but it's on back order Um, it's out of stock on Amazon um, but what is not out of stock by Trent Horn and he always says this is like a joke is his book Hard Sayings which is <laughs> <laughs> which is the book that he did about like all the things that we think the saints said but they actually never said said or were misunderstanding what they said. And he's like, for some reason, no one wants to buy that book. Isn't that That weird? That is so funny. Yeah.
1: I know. I'm one that probably wouldn't want to buy the book because it kind of hurts my heart because some things that I'm like, that is so beautiful that saint said that. And then you hear at mass, the priest will say, misattributed quote, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like the message is good, but it really was never said by whoever you think it was said. by, (laughs) And you're kind of like, Oh,
0: it's because we don't want our our bubble to be burst, you know, know. because it's a and you know why? Because it is a call to conversion. and, And we resist that as holy and wonderful as we think we are. You know, when we're called on to release something that we previously thought for something greater or more truthful, we always resist it.
1: I know. I'm guilty.
0: Me too. Totally guilty. <laughs> but now I feel like I need to go buy his hard sayings book.
1: <laughs> Maybe we should buy the book and we should read a hard saying every <laughs> every podcast or live stream. Just yeah. we're, we're here to burst your bubble. We're going to end oh, or begin with bubble bursting. You know
0: what? I totally am wrong now. Now that we're saying this, it wasn't hard sayings Are the things that Jesus said that were hard sayings. His other book that we're talking about is things the saints never said, I think. If I'm not mistaken. But Hard Sayings is also a good one. And that's not the one. It was the Saints. It was the Things the Saints Never Said, is the book that I'm thinking of. But Hard Sayings is another one of his books that is supposedly really good that I don't have on our shelf. We actually do have a couple of his books, but we don't have that one. Um, But yeah, Can a Catholic Be a Socialist is the one that I'm super excited about because that is what everybody is talking about Mm -hmm. because of Bernie Sanders.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think this is a good book club book yeah we need to read it and discuss we should in
0: anticipation of the election, although I'm not really convinced that Bernie Sanders is going to get the democratic nomination, especially after super tuesday um I'm but, not either,
1: but I think that there there still shows that there is a pull and a call from a large segment of the American population for for these aren't just ideas that you you're that he's being accused of being a socialist right he he's he professing to be a socialist professing yeah. socialism. And so the fact that he has, I mean, he won California. There's, mm-hmm. there is a huge population in this country that thinks that is the, mm-hmm. the good way, a good direction for our mm-hmm. country. And so I think this book, I'm, I'm, I would be anxious to hear what Trent Horn has to say about it. Mm-hmm. And I'd be anxious to hear your take on Trent Horn's take on it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, um,
1: I'm very intrigued because,
0: again, I think that there are some things that we as Catholics are required to to believe and uphold, one of which is the preferential option for the poor, which I think is where a lot of socialism um, – uh, gets their sympathy uh, yeah. from you know well, well we want to take care of the poor, of course we do I actually don 't know very many people who are like no we shouldn 't we shouldn 't help the poor, we should not help <laughs> those less fortunate than ourselves. like nobody really believes that, but it 's all about the the, the policies that yeah. that um, What's the best that best way to do it exactly what is the best way to help the poor? Is exactly. it socialistic societies like can we look at you know those countries that are you know socialistic and say that they 're doing it the best way? Um, you know, and and then we have the question of well then why are they coming to the United States, you know, right. for their medical care? I don't know. There are lots of questions and I don't have all the answers, but I I believe that Trent Horn might. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: Well, cool. Well, let us know. Yeah,
0: that's a good Catholic click. If anybody yeah, wants to Catholic do a book study, I think we could probably facilitate that um, with Bellator Society. We actually have a new um, group page. Okay, here's the deal. This is another Catholic click thing. Okay, I'm going to jump in for a second. One real fast, tree. Jump um, Jumpity jump. So we have a Facebook page for Bellator Society, um, but the the way the Facebook algorithm works is that when we post things on the Bellator Facebook page, a lot of people don't see them because it's a page for a business or a company or something, an, an entity, not a person. And so you might not it might not show up in your feed as easily as if you were to join the Bellator group. So we yes. have a, a Bellator um uh, gathering group um, on uh, Facebook now that anybody can join you it's, it's a private group so you actually have to get permission to join it it's just you don't have to have permission to follow us or like us on Facebook but to join this particular group you do have to have private permission because we want that conversation to be a little bit more intimate we kind of want to know who's there um, because <laughs> we, we, we want we want there to be a friendship there and and right. you know have introductions and things like that but we could probably do a book study together on the gathering group page. So let's think about
1: that. I think that's a genius idea. Okay. And don't not try and join the Bellator group page because you think we will deny you access. <laughs> we won't like, deny we you. We want you there. But yes, we our, our goal is to, um, to have a group of people who want to be there and want to participate and contribute. And, yeah. um, but we, we, we want a, a we want to cast a wide net because we want, we want, you know, the body of Christ is different. Yeah. Um, from the head to the toes to the fingers and we want, you know, it takes, takes everyone. So please mm-hmm. join. We are, um, we were, are not going to be super strict with our acceptance, <laughs> but you can
0: tell sometimes when it's oh, not yeah. a real
1: person. <laughs> it's right. yes. Like, yes. I don't think you. if know, you're a yeah. robot or, or, or if you want to come and you know, bash the church, that's yeah. probably not going to be, yeah, <laughs> that, that's not who we're looking for, but yes, join, 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 join. All right, um, Fran, mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of running up on time, but yeah. I thought it'd be fun just to hit a couple, I thought I'd just throw out a couple names of do you know this person's Catholic? Oh, okay. This is a fun game. Okay. Um, and I won't go in too much to their, to their background necessarily, but my first one is, and you probably know all these, but
0: I don't know that I would. If it's popular people, probably not.
1: Go along with me here. Oh, I'm going to. I'm <laughs> going to. Yeah, let's do it. Did you know that Alfred Hitchcock was Catholic? I, well, yeah, I didn't know that one. (laughs) Well, you're going to know all these. But how cool is that? I don't think I knew that until sort of recently. I read an article. And they said he, um, he was kind of an interesting character. Yeah, he was. (laughs) I mean, obviously from his writings, you can't be totally like chill. He wasn't shooting straight all the time, that guy. (laughs) But he really protected his faith. Like he his wife became catholic right before they got married his huh. daughter was raised catholic um they said he would he's been known to openly weep at communion mm-hmm. um but if you worked with him or and for him you wouldn't necessarily you know know that he was catholic mm-hmm. because he just didn't wear it necessarily on a sleeve mm-hmm. um and and he also wasn't somebody that a lot of people were close to so he kind of kind of kept him a, mis- a little bit of a mystery about his being about He his was a weird dude he was a weird dude. But and that he was just a proves Catholic. the
0: universality of the Catholic Church.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Okay, did you know Louis Pasteur? Yes, of was course. Catholic, yep. Of, of course. But you say of course, but I don't know that it's common knowledge. Well,
0: so many of our of our uh, scientific heritage comes from a a Catholic um a scientific approach like our, our you know so many priests and and monks um, were dedicated to science and you know to, to seeking truth because that is actually a very catholic um, consideration that there is truth and that we can discover it, you know, right. through our effort, through scientific endeavor, that we would be able to um, understand the natural world, um, yes. which has been given to us by a supernatural creator, you know, and yeah. that, and that, in in pursuing science, that we discover God. And so that we do have such a rich, beautiful heritage um, in the church of um, faithful Catholics who have done amazing things in science. And I, one of them, of course, is of course, <laughs> is Louis Pasteur. <laughs> (laughs)
1: Okay, so my next one is. Hang on, I just lost my article that I'm reading from. Okay, uh, Augustinian monk, pioneer genetics, Gregor is it Mendel or Mendel? Mendel?
0: Yeah, I think it's Mendel. I think that's how we usually say it. Yeah.
1: So he was the father of genetics. Yeah. I mean, I think I think what you hit the nail on the head. Science and reason and faith and reason go mm-hmm. hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, a lot of people maybe believe that the church is anti-science. Right. And that the church, um, you know, just believes in God as, as w- without it, without any. um,
0: Well, blind faith without reason. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Without any sort of like knowledge about anything else. And no matter mm-hmm. what happens in the outside world with science and and the universe and planets and stars that if it can't be explained, it just can't happen other than, you know, God did it. But, but in the church, science, we still believe that science, you know, God made science. Mm-hmm. And um, that's probably as clear as mud because I'm good at...
0: Or maybe a better way of saying through. it is that, that we made science to discover God you know that be, because well, like god that. is because god is truth you know he is he is the the source of all truth and goodness and beauty um and and when we seek truth as one of those transcendentals it the end is god it always is you know um And that's why we keep searching and asking questions and expecting that there will be answers because we have an intelligent designer who has, um, you know, impressed in our gift of reason that that the world is intelligible,
1: (laughs) you know? So, yeah. Okay, next one. Did you know, which I'm going to assume you knew, Um, devout Catholic Henry Day Broglie
0: I don't even know who that is.
1: Okay, he earned the Nobel Prize for his landmark achievement in the realm of quantum mechanics. Yeah, no, I don't know
0: much about quantum mechanics. This might surprise
1: (laughs) you. (laughs) The wave particle equation that bears his name. Devout Catholic. Interesting. You know, I wonder if
0: he is on, we got a series of big posters from uh, Word on Fire a few years ago um, of all of like scientists that were Catholic, and I always intended to frame them and put them in our homeschool room and never did. So I wonder <laughs> if he's
1: on one of those um, posters. I'll have to look. He probably is. He probably is. Okay, next one. Father Georges, L- I'm assuming this is French, Le <laughs> Lemaître. Okay, <laughs> or La Mater. <laughs> the Big Bang Theory. He discovered the Big. Yeah, he okay. discovered the Big Bang Theory. I think again, I think a lot of um, Christians are scared, maybe mm-hmm. to some degree, by the Big Bang Theory because it 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 they maybe feel that it takes God out of the equation. Well, it just but, challenges
0: the creation narrative in a. Right. a, a for, if you're taking it in a literalistic. Um, interpretation, the Big Bang Theory does challenge it a bit. And so you do have to, like, kind of adjust your understanding, not your theology, but your understanding of, you know, did the world really – what did God really create the world in seven 24-hour period or six 24-hour periods, and did on that seventh 24-hour period he rest? Like, was it – is that what a day meant in the creation yeah. story? Or do we have – is it, it – can we take it more – not allegorically, but, like – um I forget what the word is. I'm sorry. I'm blanking on it, but like not so literalistic. Right, and, and right. is there something that we, is is there something about our scientific discovery that still fits in to that
1: narrative? He said, um, again, this was a priest. He said, You know, as to the perennial feud between reason and religion, he states, once you realize that the Bible does not purport to be a textbook of science, the old controversy between religion and science vanishes. Mm -hmm. Um, He went on to say the doctrine of the Trinity is much more abstruse than anything in relativity or quantum mechanics, but being necessary for salvation. The doctrine Mm -hmm. is stated in the Bible. If the theory of relativity had also been necessary for salvation, it would have been revealed to St. Paul or Moses. (laughs) i love that okay i've got two more and i'm gonna go quick um the, the second one is jérôme lejeune he discovered yeah. down syndrome yes we talked about him we talked about him on a podcast recently Okay, so you obviously knew that he actually did not win a Nobel Peace Prize because he was such a staunch advocate of life. Yeah, yeah. And and while he discovered Down mm-hmm. syndrome and and what caused mm-hmm. Down syndrome, he was still very very pro life. Mm-hmm. But Saint John Paul II appointed him as the first president of the Pontifical Academy of Life, right? Which coincidentally is the organization from the Vatican that also co-sponsor of the Tim Tebow. Yeah. Prom. Yeah. <laughs> and then my last one for the day is Galileo, father of astronomy.
0: Right. Yeah. Catholic. Oh gosh. Isn't he a monkey on our back though? Sometimes <laughs> 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 that whole controversy. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I love I love all of that. I love discovering um you know the contributions um and just the participation of very faithful Catholics in the world of uh science and just you know popular culture as well. Um but they don't always end well. Because yeah. speaking of the pontifical um uh council for council for life is that what it is? What is it? Congregation for a Life, what is it? Pontip- it's not a congregation.
1: Pontifical one second um, Academy
0: Academy Life. for Life okay so one of the other members was um, I believe uh, John Vanier who in in recent news was the founder of L'Arche the um, you know organization that set up homes and communities for um, those who are mentally and I think other other disabilities and challenges um, uh, to live with uh, with uh, what is it called I don't want to say normal people because I think that's pejorative but like um, Um, you know, people who are of a typical uh, um, mental uh, status and health and all of those things, and uh, they live in these beautiful communities. And this, it's undeniable that that you yeah. know that the devotion that these people would have uh, to to live in these communities um, and take care of each other um, is so beautiful. But he, in the news uh, recently, has been reported uh, posthumously after his death to have sexually abused at least six women um, who were under his spiritual direction. I believe they they are not women who were in these in these communities um because of their their uh, disabilities or challenges instead these were women who by all reports were um again of of typical ability. And yet were under the um, spiritual direction of this man who by these accounts had very nefarious purposes and intentions. And um, it's hard to believe that it didn't reach beyond these six women, um, given the um, vulnerable population that he worked with. But I think that it, it serves us well, not only to celebrate as Catholics, the contributions, but also to deal seriously with the reality that um, we live in a fallen world and we live in a church filled with very broken people. And um, what do we do with that? You know, I, I definitely don't have the answer, but I think it's something right. that if we choose to, to not look at it, it doesn't make it go away. So, so we actually do have to appreciate that, um, you know, these are, these are hard times as, as, as wonderful and as much time as we should spend on celebrating the goodness, you know, ad- admitting those, those ways that we have failed each other and, um, and, and figuring out how to do a better job of protecting people. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, again, we, we have spoken about, you know, rampant and rabid clericalism before, and not that he was a priest, Jean Vanier was not a priest, he was a layman, but, um. You know, how do we protect people from these predators just in general? Um, no. Because it's not just contained to the, the church by any means. No. Um, I mean, school systems, you know, s- coaches, anyone who has access to a vulnerable population um, has the capacity or the, I don't even say the opportunity, but like can abuse people, you know, with yeah. their power. And we need to do a better job of protecting um, people, I, I think.
1: I hundred percent agree, um, and I think, like you said, we live in a, a broken world. And when mm-hmm. there's people who, who are part of a church or a community or a school, or a, there's always going to be a part of that population mm-hmm. that has, you know, malice in their heart, mm-hmm. evil in their heart, you know, wh- whatever the reason, and mental illness. I think right. I think you have to have, have some sort of mental illness to do things that you know that that people do. If they abuse other human beings, and they themselves um, may
0: have been abused as well. I mean, that's certainly a consideration. They might be very broken people. Yes, evil yes. exists, and, and there are evil people. But oftentimes, you're right. There's a there's a, a backstory there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um So, you know how we fix this, Tracy? What? One of Ow. the ways that we fix this is going to confession, because we cannot help the world if we do not seek healing and restoration for ourselves. And it is lent, and confession should be number one on all of our lists. And that was actually going to be one of my last Catholic clicks. is there are some fantastic um, examinations of conscience online yes. that you can access. One is one by Focus. So the the college um, campus ministry organization uh, put out one um, that is um, examining your conscience according to the seven deadly sins. And there's one that Blessed is She put out um, a few years ago uh, for women specifically um, on examining your conscience. Um, both of those are very good Catholic clicks.
1: Absolutely. Well, I was going to say last little bit time, but that we is do a, it. N- now that you say that, um, <laughs> th- but there's also for, as far as just last little bits, because we are during the, in the season of Lent, and if you are Catholic and you go to confession as you should, there it's you're in luck because <laughs> there's always like penance services, like yeah. confession services, and so you can go maybe on a I don't know a Wednesday night the week before Easter, and they'll have priests from a dozen different parishes, and so if you don't want to go to your parish priest, like this is your time. Yeah, you go find a priest you'll never see again, and just, just get it off it. your chest, get it off your soul, get it off your conscience, be absolved of your sins, yeah. and um, enter Receive into Easter. Receive the mercy
0: that Jesus wants to give you, people. That's
1: right, and enter into Easter, just a new, fresh person, and and have that joy from from the inside out.
0: Okay, I'm going to have my last little bit be exactly what you just, you gave a little hint, a little, a little entry to newness, which we want to, um, I don't know, I don't know if we want to say everything yet, but starting in April, starting with the Easter season, we are going to have some lots of newness around Bellator. Uh, we already am, are kind of like dropping little hints and making little changes um, to get us there. In fact, we have a brilliant new social media uh, coordinator um, who is, working for us doing a great job. We have a new Twitter coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> He's so fun. Oh my goodness. If you guys do not follow us or have not yet followed us on Twitter, um, he is doing a bang up job uh, doing some fun stuff on Twitter um, and also um, receiving some commentary from the Twitter world, which yes. do you, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Totally. That's a great last little bit. Okay. So a couple of, was it a couple of weeks ago? I guess it was. We had a message. It wasn't a, pri- it wasn't a direct message. It was, I think it was just a tweet to us um, from a, a, a woman, a young woman who criticized us and said how disappointed she was in, in looking at our website and, um, you know, just trying to become familiar with Bellator Society that it appeared to her that we were just a group
1: of married moms. <laughs> Well first of all just just being a married mom I think <laughs> takes the dignity out of being That's a married horrible. mom. <laughs> <laughs> that stung. Yeah, it did. It hurt a little bit, and it's not true. true. And
0: and this, you know, this is where my my scientific bent c- came into play because as soon as I heard that, I was like, "Are we really? Are we really just married moms?" Well, number one, again, hurtful that you said that, but second of all, is that true? And so I looked at all of our contributors, like everybody that we've that we've had regularly contributing over the past year, because we've only been around a year, y'all. I mean, like right. it's, we're still babies. Um, but like a good third of the women aren't. Married moms, like we have widows, we have divorcees, we have single women, we do have women who are married, but not moms. you know, we actually also have men f y i people who have contributed over the past <laughs> year, and they would be really offended for you to call them <laughs> ma- just, just a married, married mom, mom. Um, but also it didn't fall on deaf ears because because we, <laughs> we do we do realize that i mean. We're not we're not ignorant to the fact that we are we, Tracy and I are married moms. Right. And so a lot of what we say will be from that perspective. But we've been very conscientious about building a society that includes people who are not exactly like us as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so as Fran hinted out, moving into April, you are going to see different faces. You are going to see different perspectives. You are going to see and hear from people, um, who are not just even close to married moms. (laughs) They might have a married mom. (laughs) They might, they might be married to a mom. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So that's fun. So stay tuned and um, stay, stay involved. Keep, keep writing us, keep tweeting us. Yeah. um, Just stay in touch with us. We want to hear from you. We talked on our live stream that we want your opinion on our merchandise. We want opinion on saints that you think are cool that we should highlight in our native tongue line. And we also want to hear like, what's, what, what are you connecting with? What are we saying that you love? Cause we want to say more of it. We want, if you love the Catherine Cimarelli podcast that we did, we want to do more podcasts like that. If that's what um, our listeners are, are feeling connected to, if that's what's, you know, speaking to your heart, um, let us know. But also we want to talk to not just moms and, and, and women. <laughs> we want to talk to the dads too. Yeah. So you're going to see um, some of that in the future. And we hope that, Gosh, we hope it falls on um a soft heart. <laughs> yeah. yep. And a happy heart. Yep. We want all the people.
0: This is this is a big this is a big old group. There's there's plenty of room for everyone. That's
1: right. That's right.
0: Well yeah. have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye y'all. Thanks for joining us today on Bellator Colloquium. Please look for Bellator Society on everything social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you like what we're doing here on this podcast, we would love for you to share that with us. Rate us on iTunes to help us get the word out and share, share, share. We cannot wait to chat next time right here on Bellator Colloquium, the conversation for online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful.